Brandon Hyde continues to talk about how Colton Kowser is just going through the regular rookie struggles, but those struggles became too much for a team trying to win right now. And on Monday, the Orioles sent Kowser back down to AAA. We'll talk about that move, plus answer some mailbag questions coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, August 15th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to talk about the big roster move that the Orioles made on Monday, reinstating Aaron Hicks from the injured list and sending Colton Kowser back down to AAA Norfolk. We'll talk about what the roster looks like now and what Kowser needs to do to get back to the big league roster before this season is over. Then we'll answer some mailbag questions coming up on this episode having to do with the first base and DH situation for the O's down the stretch, the chances of Jackson Holiday making it to the majors this year, and my first early prediction at the Orioles' postseason roster. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel. And if you do that, you've got a chance to win a prize. Because I've talked about it over the last week or so, but just had a lot going on on the pod, so haven't been able to get to it quite yet. We've got a giveaway to do. We crossed 4,000 subscribers on YouTube and have now well passed it, and we're shooting for 5,000 at this point. But every 1,000 subscribers I've gotten, I've done a giveaway here on the podcast, and we're going to announce another one right now. So here's how you enter this giveaway. Step number one, you must be subscribed to the Locked on Orioles podcast on YouTube. So if you haven't done it already, make sure to go and do that. Step number two In the comments of this video or any of the videos for the rest of this week here on the YouTube channel, I want you to comment what has been your favorite win of this Orioles season so far. They've had a lot of great ones, two incredible ones over the weekend to win that series over the Mariners. But I want you to comment what was your favorite win and why. I will tally up all of those comments through midnight on Friday. Then the entries will close midnight on Friday, and I will randomly select the winner. And the winner's going to get a pretty good prize here. We've got the Orioles soccer jersey. There it is. That is the prize. This is the size medium of the Orioles soccer jersey. That is the giveaway here. So again, two steps to enter. One, subscribe to the Locked On Orioles podcast on YouTube. Two, leave in the YouTube comments of today's video or any video this week your favorite Orioles win of the year and why. And I will announce the winner on next Monday's episode of the podcast. And it's really a thank you to you all for being locked in, locked on the Orioles here, following along every single day, jumping in and out. However you listen, however you watch, we thank you so much. And again, you know, it's a little thank you for this week. I mentioned it on Monday's episode, but if you didn't tune into that one, this week is going to look a little bit different on the podcast. Now, you may have noticed you're listening on Tuesday morning, and I am not talking about Monday night's Game 1 in San Diego between the Orioles and the Padres. That is because of scheduling. I talked about it a bit on Monday, but 
couple of 9.40 p.m. Eastern time first pitches. Now, I'm most likely going to be staying up to watch all of these games, but with me working a 9-to-5 job, unfortunately, this podcast is not all I do. It is very tough to not only stay up for these games, but then report, record, edit, and post a podcast before going to bed and getting enough sleep for the next day. Not really able to record during the day while at work. It's kind of just a look behind the curtain here. So I did this a little bit last year when the Orioles were on West Coast trips during the week, but here is the plan for the podcast this week. Today we'll talk about the roster move, and then later we'll answer th- some mailbag questions. Same thing will come up on tomorrow's episode because it's another 940 game here on Tuesday night. So you can submit some mailbag questions. Leave them right here in the comments here on the Locked on Orioles YouTube page. We'll answer some more mailbag questions tomorrow. Talk about some more Orioles news. And then when we come back on Thursday, I will recap the entire series. Games 1, 2, and 3 of this series between the O's and the Padres. Do a little more on Friday because the off day is Thursday. And then get you ready for the weekend series against the A's. So again, here as you're listening today, that is the reason why there is no Game 1 recap between the Orioles and the Padres. Break down the entire series coming up on Thursday's episode. But until then, we'll talk some O's news and do a little mailbag here on the pod. So let's start with that Orioles news today. The big one is the roster move the Orioles made on Monday before the game as they reinstated Aaron Hicks off the injured list and sent Colton Kowser back down to AAA. Now, Hicks has been out for a couple of weeks now after a lower body injury. He sustained a couple of weeks back trying to make a diving play in Philadelphia on a play where they said he caught the ball. The review showed he didn't. The Phillies didn't challenge, and the O's got a huge out in that ball game. But what I will say is, Hicks was out for a bit, and it kind of coincided right there with the second Mullins injury. Now, the Orioles got Mullins back on Friday, and now they're pretty much at full health among their hitters with getting Hicks back on Monday. And we talked about it throughout the last week on the pod. You know, what would the O's do with their roster when Mullins and Hicks comes back? It felt like the easy answer for Mullins was McKenna would go to AAA, and that's what happened on Friday. The tougher answer was, what would they do with Aaron Hicks? Because He's not as much of an everyday starter and a core piece of this team, obviously, as Mullins was. Obviously, as Mullins showed you late in Sunday's win over the Mariners. But Hicks has still been good since he came to the Orioles. Was just terrible again with the Yankees. They released him. When Mullins went down with that first groin injury in late May, the Orioles signed him. And in 42 games with the O's, Hicks in 152 plate appearances, hitting 252 with a 349 on base and a 435 slugging, six home runs, 13% walk rate. A 119 WRC plus, he's been 19% better than league average since wearing an Orioles uniform. That has been a productive hitter for the Orioles. But the question was, okay, with McKenna down, where else do you go? Because the only guys with options left that you could easily just send down to AAA were the young guys. You know, you're not going to option Adley Rutschman. You're not going to option Gunnar Henderson. And we talked about how, you know, you certainly were not going to option a pitcher Because with the Orioles going to a six-man rotation this weekend, that left only seven players in the bullpen. You were not going to send a pitcher down and go to a six-man bullpen when most teams run with eight relievers. That was going to basically be a death sentence. So it had to be a hitter. Now maybe, you know, before the All-Star break, you would have thought, okay, Ryan Mountcastle would have been maybe a candidate. But he's been the Orioles' best hitter here in August, so it certainly wasn't going to be him. Ryan O'Hearn's been struggling a bit, but he's still been good enough all year that he keeps his spot. So it really came down to two guys, DFAing Jorge Mateo or optioning Colton Kowser. Those were basically the options. And because although Mateo has struggled, the O's clearly value his speed and defense, especially from what he showed scoring the go-ahead run in the ninth inning on Sunday. 
it was going to be Kowser. And that was my prediction on yesterday's episode, and that is what came true. Kowser is down to AAA. And listen, it's not like he was hitting the cover off the ball and the Orioles just had to make a tough decision. It was at least a little easier decision because Kowser has not been very good since the Orioles called him up. And I'm not worried about like the long-term future of Colton Kowser. He's not the prospect Gunnar Henderson or Adley Rutschman was. You know, He was not the number one prospect in baseball, but he was a top 25 prospect in baseball before the Orioles called him up. I think he is a supreme talent. And I think he'll be fine in the big leagues down the road. But this Orioles team couldn't really afford to play Kowser a lot and have him go through these struggles. He was down to a part-time player lately because of all the struggles he's had at the plate. And we really hadn't seen him much in the lineup over the last few days. So it kind of just made sense with them both being outfielders for Hicks to replace Kowser. And Kowser at his 26 games with the Orioles, 77 plate appearances, hitting just 115 with a 286 on base, a 148 slugging, just two extra base hits, no homers. 17% walk rate has been good. 29% strikeout rate has been really bad. It's a 38 WRC+. Gunnar Henderson was better than this the first six weeks of the season, but it kind of looks like the Gunnar struggles he had before he finally broke out in late May, where he was still walking. Like, Kowser's still walking at a very good rate and is still getting himself on base, but he just wasn't hitting. He was being too passive, taking too many first-pitch strikes, getting behind in the count, too often, and then couldn't fight his way back for hits. Henderson hit out of it. The O's kind of don't have time to let Kowser play every day and hit out of it. And he's just, you know, despite how good he is, he's not the player Gunnar Henderson is. So that kind of is all what went into them sending Kowser down. Now, it's no guarantee that Aaron Hicks is going to be worlds better. I mean, in the 10 games after the All-Star break, those are the 10 games Hicks played before going on the injured list. He hit just 219. He had just a 43 WRC plus after the All-Star break. So he was certainly slowing down. So it's not like you get, you know, the Aaron Hicks the O's had the first month and immediately replace him with a struggling Kowser. Like, there's still questions about Hicks, especially now that he's coming off an injury as well. And he was out a little longer than we initially thought he would be when he first went down. So there are plenty of questions there. Now, for Colton Kowser, listen, he had a 152 WRC plus in AAA this year. This is going to be a reset for him. And I do think this sets up nicely for Kowser to potentially be one of the extra two players the Orioles add when the rosters expand from 26 to 28 on September 1st. You know, they get to add one pitcher and one hitter when rosters expand. I think there's a good chance Kowser, that is when he comes back. That basically gives him just over two weeks to kind of get himself right, you know, get the big stats up, keep hitting in AAA like he was before, and then come back and hopefully help this team. But the other thing that helps with Hicks replacing Kowser is... You know, you kind of had your center field options in the outfield with McKenna down being, you know, Hayes can play there, but mostly Mullins and Kowser, both left-handed hitters and both guys who would like to sit against lefties at times and Kowser, a guy you wouldn't like to play against lefties at all. So against a left-handed starter, there could be spots where you want to sit both Mullins and Kowser and maybe you end up playing Jorge Mateo in center field in those spots. We know that's been a little shaky. Hicks allows you, you know, as a switch hitter to play against all pitchers and kind of gives you more flexibility in that outfield right now. So that's what it does for the lineup. And again, I'm not worried about Colton Kowser long term. He's going to be fine. This is very similar to what Gunnar Henderson did, very similar to what Adley Rutschman did early in his career. I think he'll be back this year, and I think he will contribute to the Orioles. But speaking of kind of, you know, the roster construction now, we got another piece to the puzzle with Hicks coming back and Kowser going to AAA. But there's still more questions to answer with this Orioles roster. So coming up next, I'm going to dive back into the mailbag. Got a lot of great questions from you all last week. Going to answer three more of them coming up, including a question about can Jackson Holiday actually play for the Orioles in the year 2023? I'll talk about why 
It might just be possible. Coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Ibotta. You picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue? You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop, and you can get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner that you have been craving. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. And use code MLB. So we're back here and we are going to open up the mailbag as we talked about a bit. Colton Kowser going to AAA. Aaron Hicks is back with the Orioles. But I got some more questions last week when I asked for mailbag questions. And then John Angelos did a very John Angelos thing and had to kind of postpone the mailbag. Did a little bit of it last week on the pod. Going to continue it here today. And my first question I'm going to get to today comes from Dennis and Steven on Twitter, comes from John via email and many others. A lot of the, the theme here of my questions I'm doing, a lot of you had the same mailbag questions, which is good. A lot of Orioles fans thinking about the same issues as we go down the stretch here. And the first question is, how do you see the kind of first base slash DH position roles playing out for the Orioles throughout the rest of the season? It is interesting to talk about this question. Let's start with Ryan O'Hearn, because O'Hearn, as good as he has been with the Orioles this year, and he's been great, he is slumping a little bit lately. And it's kind of his second slump of the year. His first one was very quick. He popped out of it quickly. This one has been, so far, a little bit more extended. So it does make you think about what his role would be moving forward. Now, right now, O'Hearn is still a guy I would play against right-handed pitchers. Like, O'Hearn was in the lineup again Monday night in San Diego with the O's facing the veteran righty U Darvish. I think I would continue doing that. I still, you know, I know he's gotten his hits against lefties. I still just wouldn't play him against lefties. But, you know, he had a 136 WRC plus in the first half. Just a 90 WRC plus after the All-Star break. Not, you know, horrendous, but 10% worse than league average. That's kind of more like the career line of Ryan O'Hearn is a 90 WRC plus when he was with the Royals. Hasn't been as good. And in August, honestly, he's been kind of bad. In August, O'Hearn is just 6 for 32 with no homers, no walks, and 10 strikeouts. That's a 12 WRC plus in the month. Now, according to the Fangraph's hard hit rate, he's still getting 40% hard contact, which is basically the exact number he had in the entire first half, which tells me the quality of contact is not tanked. And that also tells me that, okay, he's not going to go into a full-on slump where he's just going to be relegated to the bench and not be playable anymore. The fact that he's still hitting the ball hard, and that's been his playing card all year. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball in terms of consistently hitting the ball hard off the bat. What that number tells me is, okay, he's going to break out of this slump at some point. It might be a little longer than his first one was, but he's going to break out of it, and I still like him on the roster being in that role against righties. Now, Ryan Mountcastle at the moment, I think he's elevated himself into an everyday player once again. I mean, what he's done since returning off the injured list since that spell with Vertigo has been unbelievable. Hitting 395 since the All-Star break with a 199 WRC+. And in the month of August, stats-wise, Ryan Mountcastle's been one of the five best hitters in all of baseball. 
in August. Entering play on Monday, Mountcastle was hitting 452 in August with a 227 WRC+. That means he's been well more than double the production of the league average hitter in baseball this month. He's been ridiculous. Unless he falls off a cliff again, which I don't see happening, righty, lefty, doesn't matter. Mountcastle's either DHing or playing first base for the Orioles, and that is that. Anthony Santander is going to be in there every day unless he's getting an off day. He'll certainly get some run at DH. He'll play right field, and he will, you know, play a little bit of first base still down the stretch. He's got that versatility that can help the Orioles. So you have to throw him in the conversation because although he can be in the lineup elsewhere, he is going to DH a good amount, especially with Aaron Hicks back, and he could play a little bit of first base. If Ryan O'Hearn continues to struggle, you could see kind of the Santander and Mountcastle flipping between DH and first, and then you have, you know, Mullins, Hayes, Hicks out there kind of patrolling the outfield for you. And again, it does give you just some options out there for the Orioles. Now, the last guy to mention is Heston Kerstad because he's, of course, not on the roster right now, but he is in AAA and he is killing it in AAA, right? We're getting a lot of questions about, you know, could Heston Kerstad come up and help this team this year? He's probably the next prospect on the list who has yet to debut who could still help the O's this year. 228 plate appearances. In AAA this year, since being called up, Kerstad hitting 327, 394 on base, 558 slugging, eight homers, 7% walk rate, not amazing, but only a 20% strikeout rate, a 133 WRC plus. You know, he's a corner outfield, first base DH type. He could certainly be in the mix. If you ask me right now, I would probably guess no in terms of does Kerstad actually get to the big leagues this year? I think Joey Ortiz could be back ahead of him. Obviously, Colton Kowser, I think, would be back before him. It's just tough to make that determination for Kerstad. I think the first thing that would have to help him is really, like, continuous struggles from Ryan O'Hearn. Like, O'Hearn getting worse and worse and worse and not breaking out of this slump. I think that could push Kerstad closer, but I think it's going to be tough for him to get up here. But again, it's nice to have an option that good, another top prospect in AAA. Next question to get to comes from many of you, you know, via email, via Twitter, via YouTube comments, via everything. Does Jackson Holiday have a chance to make the big leagues with the Orioles this season? This would have been kind of a wild question at the beginning of the year when he started the year in low A Delmarva at 19 years old after being the first overall pick in the 2022 draft. And yet, Holiday destroyed low A, went to high A. Had a little bit of struggles, then started to dominate high A, then got called up to double A. And entering play on Tuesday in double A Bowie, he's been unbelievable. He's 19 years old, and he's been unbelievable in double A Bowie. 19 games for the Bay Sox in 88 plate appearances. Holiday is hitting, wait for it, Holiday is hitting 380 with a 443 on base and a 582 slugging. He's only got three homers but a 10% walk rate to a very low 17% strikeout rate, especially for a 19-year-old in AA. He's got a 135 WRC+. Plus. Or excuse me, a one, yeah, 135. My goodness. He's got a 180 WRC+. Plus. He's 19 years old. He's been 80% better than a league average AA hitter. It's absurd. Now, as I talked about, guys like Kerstad, guys like Ortiz, guys like Kowser, who's back in AAA. In terms of guys they're going to call up to the big leagues next to help out, those guys are ahead of him. 
Mostly Kowser and Ortiz because they're both already on the 40-man. And then Kerstad, who's been killing it at AAA. Holiday hasn't played a game at AAA. I know the Orioles called up 20-year-old Manny Machado right from AA, and he helped them get to the playoffs in 2012. That was a different regime as well. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, my, my gut says it's not going to happen this year. But I'm not at all saying there's a 0% chance. Because there is certainly a chance that Holiday plays in the big leagues this year. As crazy as it sounds, it's possible. Joey Ortiz is probably above him right now, being on the 40-man, you know, crushing it with a 135 WRC+, plus, 349 average in AAA, been there already. Cows is above him, even though they don't play the same position. But, I mean, if there's an injury, you know, if, if ugh, don't even want to think about it, but if Gunnar Henderson were to go down, like, yeah, Ortiz would certainly be the short-term fix, but could Holiday be the long-term fix? Like, if Henderson went down, I think you'd call up Holiday to AAA immediately, call up Ortiz to the big leagues, let Jackson play two or three weeks in Norfolk, and if he's still hitting, get him the big leagues in September. In terms of, like, the roster rules, I mean, the rule is you do have to be on the 40-man roster by August 31st to be eligible for the postseason roster, but there's a lot of workarounds. You can have a player who wasn't on the 40-man but was in your organization replace a long-term injured player. So, for example, for the Orioles, Jackson Holiday could technically replace a player like Dylan Tate because Tate is on the 60-day IL, but he's been out for more than 60 days, and Tate is not coming back this year. I think we all realize that. And so it would be a technicality, but even if Holiday wasn't on the 40-man by then, if he was called up like mid-September, he could still be on the playoff roster if you wanted. So it's possible I mean, again, not likely, not saying it's going to happen, but I'm not going to rule it out because this kid is special. He is going to be an all-star and a stud in this league for years to come. Now, what I think is going to happen is that reign for him is going to start in the bigs in 2024, but I am not ruling out it happening this year for Jackson Holiday. But one more mailbag question I wanted to get to coming up next. It's kind of a big one. Predicting the postseason roster for the O's. Yeah, we're, you know, a month and a half out, but the O's, according to baseball reference, when we woke up on Monday, had a 99.5% chance to make the postseason. That feels pretty good to me. So what would a roster look like? Take my first crack at it coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, maybe the Ravens, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. So we'll get to the one final mailbag question of the day here in a second. But despite the fact that as I record this here on Monday evening, I don't know what the O's did in Game 1 against the Padres in San Diego, but they do have a Game 2 coming up tonight between the O's and the Padres. And hopefully it's the Orioles trying for a series win. Or if not, they are trying to even this series at 1. But it will be Jack Flaherty making his third start in an Orioles uniform, taking the mound. And he will go up against Michael Waka, a guy that the Orioles had some interest in this offseason, decided not to sign him, went for Kyle Gibson, and did not really add anywhere else in terms of free agent pitching. 
Walk has been amazing this year for the Padres. 15 starts. Yeah, he has dealt with some injuries, but when he's been out there, a 2.84 ERA, five innings of one run ball his last time out against Cincinnati. And you can catch every single pitch of the late night game between the O's and the Padres tonight, starting at 9.40 p.m. Eastern time on the SXM app through SiriusXM. Just download the app and search Orioles. But back here on the pod, one final mailbag question for the day and coming from many of you as Philardito, Sam, Jason, and others asked this one. What is your early Orioles postseason roster prediction? That is a great question. I'm probably going to do multiple of these, especially as we get into September and beyond. We start getting more, you know, just better news on guys like John Means. Now, Means tonight will be making his second rehab start with the AA Bowie Bay Sox, so that's good news. But we'll have better news on, you know, where guys like Tyler Wells stand and where Brian Baker stands and, you know, what's shaking out in this six-man rotation and, you know, is CNL Perez's return for real and, you know, can Brian Baker get back to the bigs and, you know, is Aaron Hicks really contributing? Is Colton Kowser back? All those questions will be answered and the predictions I do later in August and September will be a little more accurate. But it's fun, you know, a month and a half out to make this first prediction. So, Let's say it's an ALDS roster, because I'm confident right now that the Orioles can win this division. If they do win the division, they are going to be one of the top two seeds in the AL, and they will get a bye in the wildcard round, advance directly to the best three out of five American League division series. So let's say it's a 26-man roster for the ALDS. Now, a lot of teams do go with 12 pitchers and 14 hitters. I'm going to predict 13 pitchers and 13 hitters for the O's. Let's start with the pitchers. I do think five of the starting rotation members will get in there, whether it's as a starter or as a reliever. I think Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Gibson, and Jack Flaherty, I think would be your four starting pitchers in that series. You can get away with three starters, but generally you need four in an ALDS. I think those would be the four. Not sure what order, but I think the O's would go there for the starting pitching. I think Dean Kramer would make it with a spot in the bullpen, along with, of course, Felix Bautista, Yenier Cano, Danny Coulomb, as long as he's healthy, Shintaro Fujinami, Mike Bauman, and I do think the CNL Perez return is real, and he is going to get in there as well. Now, there's two more spots here. I'm going to give one to D.L. Hall. I know he's not even back in the big leagues yet, but he's looked pretty good in AAA. I trust the stuff. I think he could be a legitimate weapon out of a postseason bullpen. And I'm going to give that final spot to Jacob Webb. Yeah, right now, I am buying the Jacob Webb hype. It's only been three appearances for the Orioles since they claimed him off waivers from the Angels last week. But he's been pretty much locked down in those three appearances. I like what I see. He's pitched in the postseason before, multiple seasons when he was with the Atlanta Braves, including didn't pitch in the 21 World Series, but pitched in the earlier rounds of the playoffs and won a ring with that team two years ago. I think he could be that final arm in the pen. So who would get cut there? Well, Really, the number one name you would look at is Tyler Wells, not being there. I just, I still question his ability to come back and be super effective. I think he'll be in the bullpen by September, but there could be better relievers. That doesn't include John Means. I think John Means right there on the bubble. It's really tough, but, you know, it, it, it's hard to say for sure right now when he's making, you know, he's thrown 28 pitches on rehab. You know, he hasn't even made a second start to say what he'll really be in September. Brian Baker just missing the cut. I think Baker at some point will be back in the O's bullpen in September. I believe in him, but he's had his struggles this year. 
Cole Irvin not making the cut. You know, I just don't know if he's going to be good enough to be a starter and efficient enough to be in the bullpen. And maybe D.L. Hall will take that lefty spot. C.N.L. Perez has been good. And then also a guy like Nick Vespi, who is, you know, currently on the roster. I just don't see him being one of the 13 by the end. So let's go to the 13 hitters. Let's start with kind of the easy ones, right? Adley Rutschman and James McCann will be your two catchers. Ryan Mountcastle going to be in the infield. Jordan Westberg going to be in the infield. Gunnar Henderson going to be in the infield. Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes all going to be in the outfield. Then you have kind of your rotational guys and, and bench guys. I do think, you know, with the veteran presence and the way the O's like him, Adam Frazier will be on this playoff roster. I think Ryan O'Hearn will break out of this scuffle at some point and will get on this playoff roster. I think from what we've seen, the Orioles want Jorge Mateo on this playoff roster and he will be there. It'll be tough to see what this guy's role would be in the postseason, but I think the Orioles just like Ramon Arias too much to keep him off the playoff roster. And then I do think Colton Kowser will make it back and show enough in September to get that final spot on the roster. Now, what that means is I think Aaron Hicks could be left off the roster. I just think, you know, he's not like fully fixed. He could struggle. He'd be a great clubhouse guy to still travel with the team, be around the team in the postseason. He's been there before, but maybe not be on the roster. Then a guy like Joey Ortiz misses out. Of course, Heston Kerstad. And if he does get there, Jackson Holiday not on that roster. But that's my 26 guys. You know, let me know in the comments as well. What is your 26 man? First prediction at the Orioles playoff roster. But also remember to subscribe to Locked on Orioles on YouTube and Leave in the comments your favorite win from this season for the Orioles and why you can be entered to win the Orioles soccer jersey. But that'll do it for today. Again, similar episode coming up tomorrow. Just not able to stay up and watch the game, record the podcast, edit the podcast, post the podcast before going to work. So we'll do more mailbag questions. So again, leave those questions in the comments. We'll get to some Orioles news and notes coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb. And this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.